this podcast episode is sponsored by an organization dedicated to helping people in need. It's the American Cancer Society. While they're known best for their work in research, that's just one part of what they offer. They also provide free lodging near treatment centers when your best chance is far from home. When it comes to cancer, the American Cancer Society is the only organization attacking from every angle. When I recently learned all that this organization does, I was so taken with their commitment to be there for those in need. Visit cancer.org to donate and help attack cancer from every angle. You're listening to The Lila. Good evening and welcome aboard with me on the phone tonight is one of my all-time favorite authors. Love your preaching. And now you've got, Max, uh, an inspiring book that is so timely. With me is Max Lucado, and we're going to talk about um, your new book that that the timing could not... Sadly, the timing could not be more perfect. There, there seems to be a, a... By the way, thank you so much for, for the opportunity. I, I think so highly of you, and uh, it, just hearing your voice warms my heart, so I'm so grateful to be to be with you there's there's so many causes for anxiety in the world uh it just seems like we're at a fever pitch uh and uh and and people are struggling to find a way to calm down and to uh and to take a deep breath uh some of these are natural disasters some of these are political concerns there's threats from you know north korea there's there's conversations about uh, conflicts and so it's it's difficult uh, to, to find a way to kind of settle down and calm down. And when I wrote this book about, oh, I guess I finished it seven or eight months ago, uh, I thought, well, I need, it'd be good to have this book coming out now because of all the uh, anxiety over politics. And now I'm thinking, well, it's a good thing it's coming out right now because there's a lot of anxiety about natural disasters and politics. And so I guess anytime you talk about anxiety, it's a needed topic. Well, we do, we, we do have the natural disasters, the largest hurricanes to ever hit us, and wildfires out of control. And as you said, that conflict going on with insanity in North Korea and trying to understand that. But, Max, I think just our lifestyle, mm-hmm. just our lifestyle is so anxiety-producing. You it know, really the is. The, the the tablets and the you know the devices that kids now have little kids little kids not just you know teenagers who need to call home or do homework but little kids and and the way we are constantly bombarded with images yeah yeah i read someplace uh that the average american spends between 6 and 8 hours a day either consuming TV or media on a device. Wow. How can that be? Yeah. And if you compare that with two or three generations ago, um, our ancestors, you know, they shut down when the sun went down. They, um, they went as far on a given day as their horse or camel would take them. But we don't shut down when the sun goes down. And we see... Uh, night is a great time to take the red-eye flight so we can be at work in the morning. And it, it, it's a, a hectic, hectic time. 
And I believe we're starting to really pay the price for that, Delilah. You know, we're, we've learned that that this the United States is officially the most anxious nation in the world, uh, and that this generation is the most anxious nation since anxiety, you know, has been measured. And so, uh, the land of stars and stripes has become the land of stress and strife, and 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 we find ourselves just wrapped tighter than mummies and not knowing how to handle uh, the, the challenges that come our way. So you said something that just uh, struck a chord in me. You said the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. Absolutely. I don't think anybody in the world escapes anxiety. I'm confident of that. And if anybody says they're never anxious, then I've got another book I once wrote on honesty. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, you know, even Jesus in, in, in the stories in the Bible, even Jesus felt anxiety on the night before the crucifixion is that powerful, poignant story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, praying, asking to be delivered from what he was about to face. Uh, he was overwhelmed by fear. Now, the difference is he didn't let fear win, but he did face fear. So, so uh, I, I think anxiety comes with life. But it just simply doesn't have to dominate our lives. And, and I think there are ways we can learn to talk ourselves back off the ledge, to, to calm ourselves down. Uh, there are certain uh, uh, tools we can develop to help us move from people whose lives are characterized by chaos to become people whose really their lives are characterized by calm. And I really think we need a quorum of people who will simply calm everything down. You know, I'm almost hesitant to post anything on Facebook anymore, Delilah, because it seems to stir up an argument from somebody somewhere. There are trigger points that I didn't know existed, and I think it's because we're anxious, and we don't – we don't – we're starting to lose our ability to have reasonable conversations and to be civil with one another. Does that make sense? Oh, does it make sense? Come on, Max. I I can put up the sweetest, most simple little picture or just a little a quote, you know, a, a post about hope and people attack me. I'm like, really? Come on. Yeah. And I'm sorry to say this because I'm a pastor, but sometimes Christians uh, can can come across as harsh and dogmatic and, uh, sometimes, as, as it, some, <laughs> sometimes I'm being generous. Sometimes, uh, you know, I, I hope I want to say it's a minority, but but I do think that there is a, you know, to be able to sit down with somebody and disagree agreeably requires a certain level of of confidence and uh, and, and 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 peace within yourself. Uh, but if I'm an agitated person, if I'm an anxious person. Uh, I'm going to have a hard time having a disagreement with somebody agreeably. I'm going to get defensive. I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to polarize. I'm going to create an island upon which I live and not let anybody else in. And I think what we're seeing in our country today. Now, see, hold on, just hold on, just a second here, because you just painted a picture of my sister. <laughs> you did. You painted that when she's anxious, when she's stressing, she withdraws. She goes to the island. I, when I get anxious, when I get exhausted, I'm the one that storms your island, demanding that you see things my way. 
It's true. And when I get anxious, and for me, uh, if I don't take care of first things first, if I don't get enough sleep, if I don't eat healthy, if I don't get some exercise, those three things, that's when my anxiety starts to build. And this past summer, my husband and I took 10 kids in a 28-year-old RV to Yellowstone. Um, and some, somewhere along the way, we thought that was a good idea, you know, to sleep in tents. They slept in tents. We slept in a 28-year-old RV with orange shag carpeting. And so um, sleep patterns were interrupted. Kids were cold at night. Everybody was grumpy. And I found myself going ballistic over a bag of peas that disappeared. I bought a bag of peas at a, a farmer's market and I couldn't find them. And I was a screaming maniac in the campground over a bag of peas. <laughs> Anxiety can, can turn us all into crazy folks. It, you know, it does. It really does. My godson really actually said, Mom, I think if you had a videotape of yourself right now, you would be really embarrassed. Yeah. Well, I don't know who told you it was a good idea to take... 10 kids on a camping trip in an RV, <laughs> you know, you've got to, you've got to bear some of the consequence of that yourself. <laughs> yeah. But boy, did we, once we got some sleep, boy, did we have fun. Oh, I bet you did. I bet you did. You were intense in a different way. Yes. Yes. I was intense in a different way. The kids were intense <laughs> and so was I. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Okay, back to (laughs) steps we can take. Number one, don't take 10 kids camping in a 28-year-old RV. But other steps we can take, Max, and you outline these so sweetly in Calm, uh, to to find that that eye of the storm, that place of peace. Yeah. A favorite book of mine in the Bible for many, many years has been a little four-chapter letter called Philippians. And it was written by the Apostle Paul while he was in prison. Uh, And I say that to say that when you read the letter, you'd think he's on a Jamaican beach sipping on a Mai Tai because it's a happy letter. It's it's full of joy. Uh, It's full of hope. And yet here's a guy sitting in a a Roman prison, and odds are he's going to be executed any day now. And yet he pens this beautiful epistle. And right in the middle of it is that phrase from which we got the title of the book, Be Anxious for Nothing. And and so I took that passage, and Delilah, I just divided it up into four sections. And here's his way, he says, to deal with anxiety. First, he would say, celebrate God. Uh, He says, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. So we celebrate God's goodness. We celebrate God's strength. We celebrate all the wonderful things about God. And then we celebrate the things we don't know about God. We just say, Lord, we trust that you're in in control. But then the second thing he says is, uh, ask the Lord for help. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, let your your prayers and petitions be made known to God. In other words, just pray about it. So rather than react, before your troubles get a hold of you, 
give your troubles to God. And then the third word, third key word, is uh, the letter L, leave, leave the problem with God. Now, Paul says do this with thanksgiving. So you do so with thanksgiving. You trust that it's in his hands now, and now that you don't have to worry about it, then Paul says, now meditate on these things. And he gives us a list of nine virtues to think about. It's basically whatever's true, whatever's honest, whatever's good, whatever's hopeful. In other words, quit focusing on the messiness of life. Make an intentional decision to look at the rainbows, to look at the sunsets. And, and it's very practical counsel. So you celebrate, you ask, you leave, you meditate calm. It, it, it literally calms a person down. And I think everybody who finds himself in an anxious situation, rather than to give in to the anxiety, can step in and, 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 and hold it back and, and be, begin to react in, a, in, in this way, and they'll find themselves calming down. Okay, so C-A-L-M, celebrate, uh-huh. ask, leave. And meditate. And meditate. Celebrate God's goodness. Ask God for help, leave the problem with him, and meditate on good things. This is good because it's simple. I need simple. Yeah, you and me both. Like the, the yeah. term kiss, keep it simple, silly. Yeah. <laughs> I need I need these little simple uh, tools Yeah. to get me through. We all do. We all do. Uh, and anxiety is... You, you know, it's it's a challenging thing. It really is. And I sure don't want to minimize it. If your anxiety has gotten to the point where you need uh, pharmaceutical help or counseling or a pastoral visit, do whatever it takes. I believe anxiety, uh, perpetual anxiety, Delilah, this, this lifelong anxiety can really bring a person down. It, it, can, it can just suck them into a well of despair. And I believe that there is a good God who will help us, who doesn't desire that we live in this state of perpetual anxiety. Uh, we let fear do its work. Fear is God's idea. It's what keeps us from, you know, stepping out into traffic. But we don't let fear turn into this perpetual anxiety that keeps us from ever getting in a car and going out on the road again. So we let fear do its work, but then we let ourselves rest, we recover, we try to think clearly, and uh, most of all, we ask God for help. And, and I think I think there's a, there is a way out of this uh, anxious pattern that people find themselves in. There's something in this this new book, Anxious for Nothing, Max, that uh, that was so beautiful. You wrote it so beautifully. What you just said that there's nothing we can do to earn God's love. Yeah, and He'll never be mad at us again. Mm-hmm. That blew my mind. I mean, I know that, but the way you wrote it so simply and so sweetly blew my mind. And it's hard because we do. Everybody else treats us with conditional love. E- even our best, best people, they, they love us more when we're better. They love us a little bit less when we're less than good. You know, they love us more when everything's great. They love us less when we're all in Yellowstone fighting. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, that's, that's human nature. But there is a perfect love. There is an unconditional love in the universe. And to discover this and live in the shadow and the overflow of that, uh, that's, that's just really life-changing. It really is. Yeah. Well, I would love to get some more copies of this so I can send them out to my listeners because, you know, when I'm interviewed, when I'm interviewed by radio or TV or whatever— one of the questions I get asked a lot is, 
Delilah, you've been doing this show for many years, many decades at this point. Have you seen a change in the kinds of calls you get each night? And Max, I take 40, 50, 60 calls a night. And the biggest change I think I've seen, especially the last five years, is in the level of anxiety in my listeners. Really? Really? People call and God bless them. They sit on hold for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes to get to talk to me. And 90% of the time when they call with a Delilah dilemma or whatever, it is this anxious mess in their heart that a a five-minute phone call and a four-minute song isn't going to fix. Yeah. And... And I spend as much time counseling as the, them as I can, sharing, you know, my faith. Mm. But if 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 I could send or encourage every person listening to go pick up Anxious for Nothing, if you are dealing with anxiety, if your teenager is getting into drugs, if your husband is being unfaithful, if your wife just walked out the door, if you lost your job, if your house was affected by the hurricanes, if there's a wildfire near your home, if there's, uh, you know, being bombarded by social media, the political climate, whichever, you know, left or right or fighting you're doing with your best friend, spend a few hours reading Anxious for Nothing and find that calm, that calm, or you're going to go crazy. I lose you? No, I'm just listening. (laughs) I'm doing my favorite thing. I'm listening to Delilah. (laughs) But really, I mean, and and don't you think that like um, mental illness and heart disease and cancer, the core root, you you know, if you were a surgeon and you could cut that tumor out, the the core of that tumor oftentimes I think is anxiety and anger. Yeah. Because in me, anxiety always produces anger. Always. It does. It does. I I would encourage people, don't, don't beat yourself up for feeling anxious. I've been surprised how many people in this conversations say, oh, I feel so bad about being so anxious. <laughs> well, now you're worrying about worrying, you know. It's, it is a hard life. It is. So don't beat yourself up. But at the same time, don't assume that you're going to spend the rest of your life living in this perpetual state of anxiety. There are ways you can learn to talk yourself back off the ledge. There are ways you can learn to calm down. There are ways. And, uh, And most of all, I believe there is a good God who loves you and who will help you. And and there are people who don't live in anxiety. That's what's encouraging. There really are pockets of people who are finding peace. They're they're not naive about life, but they're they're peaceful about the future. And they're trusting in, in the presence of God. They're not antagonistic. They're not divisive. They're just good, healthy, hopeful, hope filled people. And I think that's what our country needs. I believe that's what the world needs. Just the, the, the passage that this book unpacks has a neat phrase in it. The apostle says, let your gentleness be made evident to all. And gentleness there is a word that really means even-temperedness or level-headedness. Couldn't we use a fresh batch of even-tempered, level-headed people? Uh, helping us navigate our way through this world, who who can build bridges, who can help us communicate better. That's what we really need. And I think that's the kind of person that that faith can build, uh, 
and that's this even-tempered person. And then the other promise in that passage is that God will give you a peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And don't we need that? Max, thank you. You're so kind, Delilah, and uh, just some of my happiest moments are back when I had a commute. I don't have one anymore. I work at home, too. But I used to listen to you every evening driving home and just hearing your voice now it brings back such great memories so thanks for what you've meant to me and millions of us through the years thank you slow down and love someone with My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.